12, verse 10 says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid. For the set, that means they were right scared. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, and, and they said unto Moses, excuse me, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Man, isn't that how it is sometimes? You pray for God to do something and uh, uh, He does it. And then uh, when we have a little bit of obstacle, we think, man, God, why did you do that? <laughs> Amen. You know, the devil doesn't like it when God does stuff for us. Amen. And so... So if he's going to bless you, the devil's going to fight you. So just get ready. And just get ready for it. Amen. Verse 12 says, they said, this is what they said. Is, is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone. That we may serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Amen. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a slave. I don't want to be in bondage. I don't want to be in captivity. Hallelujah. I want to preach to us just for a little bit on this subject this morning. Exodus or Egypt? Let's lift our hands and ask God's anointing to be with us in this place today. I need your help today, church. I need God's help today. I'm not feeling my best today. Lord, let your power, let your glory, let your spirit. Amen. Let your anointing be manifested in this sanctuary. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift up their voices. Come on, somebody lift up their spirits. Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name come on let's love him in this place oh let's love him in this place reach over to somebody and connect your faith with their faith just for a moment oh we magnify you Jesus we glorify you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, how many shouted yet? Anybody shouted yet? Amen. Oh, we love you, Jesus. God bless you. Hallelujah. 
For 480 years, the only thing Israel knew was the bondage and the captivity of Egypt. They had clothes with confinement. They had quarters with captivity. They had existence with anguish. They had provision without privilege. They had life with no liberty. Israel had a choice. They actually petitioned God, and that choice became theirs after God sent a deliverer. They, the Bible says that God heard their cry, and he sent a man to deliver them. But Israel had a choice. They had a choice to follow. They had a choice to believe. They had a choice to be obedient to the word of God. Hallelujah. They could stay in captivity or they could attempt an exodus and chance the wilderness. Exodus represents departure, freedom, or a way out. Egypt represents bondage, captivity, slavery, and sin. Israel's choice was exodus. Departure, freedom, or a way out, or it was Egypt, bondage, captivity, and slavery. But Israel would soon understand that an exodus would mean facing the unknown. That's the difficult part. That's the hard part in believing. That's the challenge when we step out in faith. That's the obstacle when we make a commitment to God. There are no guarantees. There are no promises. Uh, We want no surprises. But when we step out in faith, there is always an unknown that we step into. Israel would soon understand that they were going to face the unknown. Because standing between them and the promised land was the wilderness. The wilderness was a great unknown. What would they encounter? How long would they sojourn there? How long would it take them to get to the land of promise? Where was this mountain that Moses was going to take us to? How was God going to speak to us? How are we going to feed and provide? And how are we going to sustain Over 3 million people leaving a place that we have been for 480 years going to a place that is unknown. Israel, like us, wanted promises. They wanted guarantees. They didn't want any surprises. What they didn't understand, that life and serving God, I hate to tell you this, but this is the way it is, It is a journey into the unknown. Hallelujah. Even though God has promised that he will make our crooked path straight. Even though God promised that he would make highways in the wilderness. Even though God promised that he would always be with us. He would never leave us or forsake us. Hallelujah. Serving God is a step unto the unknown. I'll put it like this. We may understand it a little bit easier. Serving God is a step of faith. 
When I make a step of faith, I have no guarantees. When I make a step, there are no promises that I can stand on. When I make a step of faith, there will be surprises that I encounter. The only thing that I can put my hat on and the only thing I can hang my uh, uh, promises on is this, is when I take a step of faith, God will be with me. Hallelujah. Someone said it like this one time. They said the most uncertain thing in life is uncertainty. We all know this. We all know that life offers no guarantees. Since Israel was in bondage, since Israel were captives, since Israel was slave, were in slavery, and the scripture says that daily their burden grew heavier. That daily that the Egyptian taskmasters, uh, uh, they became even more sadistic and more cruel. And the workload would increase from day to day. You would think that Israel living in bondage, captivity, and slavery, they would be willing to take a chance. Why wouldn't they face the unknown? After all, anything had to be better than bondage, captivity, and slavery. But the truth of the matter is this. Often people would rather tolerate an almost unbearable present rather than venture into the unknown of the future. I've talked to people whose lives were filled with addiction, abuse, and many other tragedies, but because it was the only life they knew, it was familiar to them. So out of fear, they chose to continue in their existence. We've got to push aside that mentality and that spirit. Amen. I don't want to take comfort in misery. Amen. I don't want to rejoice in sorrow. I don't want to have anguish and think that is something that is a a component that I'm supposed to have in my life. The truth of the matter is this, and and, and, and if you would be honest with you, and I'd be honest with you, a lot of times we enjoy suffering. We enjoy difficulty. We enjoy hardship and trials and tribulations. Hallelujah. Sometimes God doesn't bless us because we're too content to live in the sorrow and anguish because that is what we are familiar with. Hallelujah. The devil's chased me around all week. Bless the name of the Lord. I'm barely making by the skin of my teeth, but I showed up for church. I'm just surviving. I made it another day serving God. What a bad mentality to live in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want to live knowing that the devil is chasing me. I want to chase him.
I don't want to live knowing that I'm going to make it to heaven by the skin of my teeth. I want to go through those pearly gates rejoicing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want to become content in my sorrow. I don't want to be content in my anguish. Hallelujah. But I want to be willing... I want to be willing to take a step of faith. The wilderness only promised the desert heat. The wilderness only promised shelterless nights. The wilderness only promised hunger and thirst. The wilderness only promised the unknown. It took courage for Egypt to face the unknown. It took courage to leave the only existence they had for 480 years. I've never been incarcerated, thank the Lord. But they tell me this, that those old timers those old heads that have been on that cell block for a long, long time, they become what they call institutionalized. They become so familiar with the guard opening the doors so they can get up for chow. They become so familiar. This is my yard time. And this is, this is my crew. And this is my group. And this is my protection. And this is where I am. And this becomes my, my community. And, 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 and these old school guys, these old heads, when it comes time for, for parole, they tell me they've been institutionalized and they don't want to get out into the free world. They become content they become accustomed with what their anguish has been. Hallelujah. I want to speak to somebody in the Holy Ghost today because you have become content in your anguish. God hasn't healed your body yet because you've enjoyed being sick. God hasn't delivered you because you've enjoyed addiction. God hasn't set you free because you have enjoyed bondage because you have been in bondage for so long. You've been sick for so long. You've been in anguish and heartbreak for so long. Hallelujah. It would change a lifestyle if you had to do anything different. Hallelujah. I believe that God wants somebody to step out into the unknown today. I believe God wants to tell somebody, I've got something better for you. I've got a promise for you. Hallelujah. I've got a blessing for you. Oh, it's going to take courage. It's going to take a little bit of faith. It's going to take a little bit of strength. Hallelujah. But if we will step out into the unknown... God will do something supernatural in our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Israel had a choice to make. Exodus, which represented a departure, freedom, or a way out, or Egypt, which represented bondage, captivity, and slavery. And we know that after Israel chose to leave bondage, captivity, and slavery, the Egyptians, they now find themselves, they, they now find themselves, Israel finds themselves in an even more difficult place. That's why sometimes we don't want to leave the comfort and familiarity of the things that we know because sometimes before the victory comes, we move into a more difficult place. Amen. Before the promise is fulfilled and before the blessing gets here, we move into a a greater place of heartache, a greater place of tribulation, a greater place of of trial. And the reason why that happens, I want to remind you again, the devil don't want you to be blessed. The devil don't want you to be prosperous. The devil don't want your body healed. The devil don't want your children saved. Hallelujah. The devil don't want revival to come to this church. Hallelujah. So when we make a step of faith, it's not that we have moved into a more difficult place. It's just that the enemy has decided. My dad used to say this all the time. He doesn't fight the drunk because he's got the drunk. He doesn't fight the alcoholic because he's got the alcoholic. He doesn't fight the prostitute because he's got the prostitute. He would say, God fight, the devil fights the Holy Ghost filled apostolic. Because he wants to kill, steal, and destroy the very elect. Hallelujah. I want to remind somebody again what I reminded you a few weeks ago. We are in a battle. It's not a natural battle, but it's a spiritual battle. Hallelujah. And don't be surprised when you make up your mind. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to fast more. I'm going to give more. I'm going to be more faithful. Don't be surprised that the enemy is going to come in like a flood. After Israel chose to leave bondage, captivity, and the slavery of Egypt, they now found themselves in an even more difficult situation because the Egyptians changed their mind. They wanted their workforce back. They thought to themselves, who's going to do our labor? Who's going to serve us? Who's going to churn out mud and straw into bricks for our cities? Who's going to accomplish the things that we are trying to do to become a great nation? We need our workforce back. So the Egyptians pursued after Israel to return them into captivity. Hallelujah. That's what the enemy is going to do to you and to me. He's going to look around and say, I want my workforce back. 
I need my people back. I need those that are depressed back. I need those that are living in fear back. I need those that uh, live a life of anxiety and torment and torture. I need them back. Hallelujah. Oh, who's going to help me accomplish the evilness in this world? How am I going to do it? I want to trap them. I want He'll come back after us, and he does. So the Egyptians, we know, pursued after Israel to return them to captivity. With the Egyptian soldiers behind them and the Red Sea before them, Israel started wishing they were back in Egypt. Remember, Egypt represents bondage, captivity, and slavery. They said to Moses, and I read this earlier, and I'll read it again in Exodus chapter 4 and 12. They said, is not this the word we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? You know what this tells me right here? It wasn't an easy sell for Egypt, for, uh, for Israel to come out of the captivity of Egypt. Moses had to convince them it was going to be better. Moses had to remind them, scrape off the mud and the straw of the slave pits. While your spouse is soothing the broken back of the taskmaster's whip. While your body is bruised and beaten and and you've languished in the Egyptian sun. Let me try to convince you it's going to be better. It's going to be better. Moses wasn't the only pastor that had to deal with that. They even brought this up to him. Didn't we tell you? Didn't we tell you when you were trying to convince us of a land flowing with milk and honey, of a mountain where the angel and the God, the voice of God spoke to you and we were going to go and receive commandments of law, didn't we try to tell you when you were trying to tell us how great things are going to be? No, Moses. No, I don't want to do that. It wasn't an easy task, but somehow he convinced them. They even told him, Remember, we said, let us alone. Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it be, had it been better for us to serve the Egyptians, then we should die in the wilderness. Hallelujah. I don't want to serve an Egyptian. 
I don't want to be in bondage and captivity and slavery. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't need somebody to try to convince me that serving God is better. I don't need somebody to tell me that coming to the house of the Lord is better. I don't need somebody to tell me that committing myself to the kingdom of God is better. Hallelujah. I got a made up mind. I'm coming out of bondage. I'm coming out of captivity. I'm coming out of slavery. Moses said to the people in Exodus chapter 13 and 15, the very next verse, he looked at them and said, Fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. Hallelujah. And then he said in verse 14 of Exodus chapter 14, The Lord shall fight for you. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell somebody today, it may be difficult. You may, make a, you may have taken a step of faith into the unknown. You don't got any guarantees or promises, hallelujah. But the only thing that you can hang your hat on is simply this. God will be with you and he will fight your battles. Come on, let me remind somebody today. One and God are a majority. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So Moses stretched out his rod over the sea at the command of God. And God parted the waters of the sea so Israel could cross through the midst of the sea on dry ground. We are told in Exodus chapter 14 and 13, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptian. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. Like Israel, we have a choice. What will it be? Exodus or Egypt? Will we choose what is familiar or will we step out in faith? It takes courage to step out in faith. It took courage for Abraham to leave the land of his father to look for a city whose builder and maker was God. It took courage for Noah to build an ark for the saving of his house. It took courage for David to face a giant with a shepherd's sling and a stone. 
It took courage for Peter to climb over the bow of a ship to meet Jesus walking on water. Hallelujah. And I want to tell somebody today, it takes courage to believe that God will heal your body. It takes courage to believe our families will be saved. It takes courage to believe for revival in our community. It takes courage that a handful of people in a little church can build a million dollar building. It takes courage to believe that tomorrow is going to be a better day. Hallelujah. But I'm here to tell somebody like Israel, Abraham, Noah, David, Peter, and so many others that have stepped out in faith. God will be with you. Hallelujah. I want to remind somebody on the aftermath of a great revival. He's still the same God and he's still here. I want to remind somebody that God is still able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ask or think. I want to remind somebody today, if I take a step of faith, yes, it's the unknown. Yes, I don't understand how it's going to happen. Yes, I don't understand how it's going to work out. Hallelujah. I like what Brother Anthony said. we got to get ourselves out of the way so God can get in the way. And the reason why God hasn't showed up in our lives, hallelujah, is because we have made Him no way and no place to work. Hallelujah. But you're looking at a pastor in a church, I believe. I'm looking and I'm preaching to some people today. And I'm encouraging some people that doesn't have the faith to believe. We can make it. You can do it. It's going to be okay. Oh, pastor, I want a few guarantees. I want some certainties. I don't want any surprises in my relationship with God. Hallelujah. I can't give you any of those things, and God can't either. The only promise I can give you is He will fight our battles for us. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage somebody today. Don't be content in the misery that you've chosen to live in. Don't rejoice in the sorrow that has become comfort. Hallelujah. Don't gather your wagons and don't gather people around you and console each other for the tribulation that you've been fighting for. Hallelujah. Change your conversation. Change your spirit. Change your attitude. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember what I said a long time ago. The most prophetic thing that we can do is shout. Because when we shout, we're prophesying. God hasn't done it yet, but He's going to. 
God hasn't healed me yet, but he's going to. God has not saved my family yet, but he's going to. Hallelujah. So I've made up my mind, no matter how the enemy fights me, no matter how bad he comes against me, no matter how hard he tries to bring me back to the place of despair, hallelujah, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always. That's why the Apostle Paul said this, Brother Gresham, that God causes us to triumph. Because in spite of ourselves, he says, I'm going to make you victorious. When he causes us to triumph, You know what he's doing? He's doing like Moses did to Israel. It's going to be okay. God's going to meet us at the mountain where he spoke to me. There is a land flowing with milk and honey. We're going to live in houses that we didn't build. And we're going to drink from wells that we didn't dig. So he causes us to triumph. But often we echo the words of the Egyptian of, of Israel to Moses. Leave me alone. Don't bother me. Don't try to encourage me. I wish we think that I, I wish that Brother Anthony would just sit down and quit getting so red faced and Spinning around and I wish pastor Why did he make us come up front to worship? I was so comfortable I got my Stanley full of water at church I got my blankie. I got a handful of mitts that Sister Charlotte just brought. It's all good. I'm kicking back. You know what God is trying to do? He's trying to cause us to triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When God starts bringing a blessing to me, Brother Anthony, Brother Seth, Brother Walter, Sister Tammy, and tells me it's going to be all right, I'm not going to turn it around to God and say, leave me alone. I'm going to say, give it to me, God. Pour it out on me. Hallelujah. Give it to me. Press down, shaking together, and running over. I believe that God wants someone and some people, some of us. We need a personal exodus. 
and we need to come out of Egypt. I want to remind somebody again, Egypt represents bondage, captivity, and slavery. Hallelujah. If you are given anything, a greater allegiance to anything than you are to God, you are in bondage. If you're more faithful to your job than you are to the house of the Lord. Amen. If you allow the entertainment of this world to become more paramount and more important. If you allow things stop from you from Brother Kyler giving, not just of your finances, hallelujah, but of your time and your resources and your energy, hallelujah. I appreciate what he said, hallelujah. We are a given church, and I'm thankful that, that you are a given church, and please don't quit doing that. I know God is going to bless you for that, hallelujah. But you know what? You can give more. I can give more than money. I got talents. I've got abilities. I've got things that God has blessed me with. I put those things, those resources to use on my job, in my home, in my community. I can do it in any other adventure in life, but when it comes to the house, to the Lord, oh, no, 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 I've got too much going on. Hallelujah. I want to say one thing. Bondage, captivity, and slavery. And the reason why those things are bondage, captivity, and slavery is because they stop us from becoming what God wants us to be. Like Moses, the hardest job of the pastor is this. It's convincing you it's going to be okay. That's the hardest job of the pastor is to convince you that it's going to be okay. If the pastor didn't have to spend time praying for your strength and if the pastor didn't have to spend time encouraging you you know, the Bible says that we're supposed to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Hallelujah. If we didn't have to spend time making us feel good about our trials and tribulations that we're coming. I've heard it. I've heard it from you just like, you, just like Moses did from Israel. Leave me alone. I'd rather be here. I'd rather be doing what I'm doing. Hallelujah. I'd rather be I, I, I'd rather be in this bondage and captivity than stepping into the place of the unknown. Hallelujah. I want somebody to know in this place that God's got something more for you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do like Moses did. When you say, let me alone, it would be rather better for me to live in my misery. I'm going to look at you and say, this is the word of the Lord. God is going to fight, for your, fight your battles for you. Some of us need to come out of bondage. 
bondage, Egypt represents captivity, bondage, and slavery. Exodus represents a departure, freedom, or a highway. The original, we read this word Exodus in Greek because the first Bible, the Septuagint, was translated from Hebrew or Aramaic into Greek. But if you go past the original Greek translation and you go back to the root to the Aramaic or the Hebrew that it was written in, Exodus means a highway. A highway. God has given us 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 a highway. Hallelujah. I want to say this again to somebody so that you can hear it. Somebody that is in bondage. Somebody in captivity. Somebody in slavery. God has given you a highway. It takes courage to leave behind the familiar and to take a step of faith into the unknown. We want promises, guarantees, and no surprises. The only promise we have is God will be with us. Hallelujah. And I believe it's time for us to draw a line of demarcation in the sand and separate ourselves from the past and move to the promise that is before us. I want to remind us again, we are in a battle. It's not a physical battle, it's spiritual. And the enemy doesn't like what's happening in this church. The enemy doesn't like that we baptize three and four receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The enemy doesn't like that many were delivered and touched and supernatural things took place. Hallelujah. The enemy doesn't like. You know what? So he does. He pursues. Hallelujah. But I'm ready to put the enemy on the run. I'm ready to turn the tables on the devil. Hallelujah. I'm not going to rejoice because I barely made it. I'm going to rejoice because I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I'm not going to rejoice because I'm just hanging on by the skin of my teeth. Hallelujah. But I'm going to rejoice because God always causes us to triumph. I'm not going to rejoice because I outran the devil this week. I'm going to rejoice because I put him on the run. Hallelujah. Let me remind you that the Bible says resist the devil. Submit yourself to God first. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Yeah. 
We must forget the things that are behind us and press toward the promise of God that is ahead of us. I want, I want you to understand, I'm not minimizing any anguish, sorrow, trauma, grief, heartbreak, trials, or tribulation. I'm not minimizing them. But I'm not going to magnify them. Or glorify them. Hallelujah. The reason why Paul could go through trials, tribulations, and hardship. Hallelujah. Brother Swift, because he understood God's grace was sufficient for him. Hallelujah. The reason why, hallelujah, he could go through shipwreck, storm, stoning, beating with a rod, stranded in a sea, in a prison, hallelujah, because he understood, I'm not going to rejoice in my sorrow. In fact, my sorrow is going to let me know that God is really with me and he's not going to leave me. Hallelujah. Life is hard. It's a trial. I was talking to Hunter the other day, and uh, one of those father-son conversations, and and uh, the end of the conversation didn't end because he hung up on me. called me the next day and he said dad I wasn't mad at you but I, I, I'm upset at the situation the tr- everything that's going on I'm just trying to put it all together it's just, not, it's just not happening this is taking place and that's happening I'm trying to pull this together and I'm trying to do all this and it, 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 it's not that it's not you I'm not upset at you I said son that's life And life is hard. Hallelujah. But God is good. God is faithful. God's mercy endureth forever. In fact, His mercy is renewed to us every morning. Great is His faithfulness. Hallelujah. He's going to be with us. Life is hard. And you know what? I got news. It's not going to get any better. It's going to get more worse. But that doesn't mean we languish. I'm not going to languish in this place I know because it's too familiar. They tell me this, when a predator or an individual takes somebody into captivity out of their own will, uh, they, I've read articles and seen things, you've seen it too, where somebody would hold an individual in a place that they didn't want to be locked up or something. You know what I'm trying to say. 
for years and years and years. And when they found them, they made no attempt to escape. And the reason why they didn't is because their captor interjects into their situation hope. If you'll do this, I won't kill you. If you do this, I might let you go to be with your family. If you do this and don't fight. And they say that after a season of someone being captive, that their captors no longer have to lock the door. They no longer have to put them in shackles or restrain them, but they become prisoners of their situation and the hope that's been injected in their lives. That's what the enemy does to us. That's what he does to us. He gives us a little bit of blessing just so that we can think it's going to be okay. He holds back the tempest and the sea becomes calm just so that we can have a moment of respite in our storm. He stops the bickering and the fighting and the trial and tribulation just a little while and we think now there's peace. So you know what he does? He rocks us to sleep and he lulls us into captivity and he no longer has to fetter us with bonds and bands and addictions and things. We come to church with them on. We come to church and leave the same way that we came. We come to church and we don't have any victory. We, we, we pray and the preacher preaches and everything's okay. We think everything's okay and we just go through the motions. Hallelujah. And he just, he just lulls us into sleep and we become content. Hallelujah. I don't want to do that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that has happened. And that happens within our church. And that's why the Holy Ghost spoke to me and told us that we need a reboot and that we need to get back to the basics. The first love, Brother Kyler. We need to get back to what it was like when we first were filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And our relationship with God was paramount in our life. Hallelujah. We need to get back to some basics and some things. Hallelujah. Because He don't mind us having good church. He doesn't mind us uh, uh, leaving without shouting. He doesn't mind us giving. He doesn't mind us doing those things. Hallelujah. But he minds the fact that when we wake up and say, I'm going to take a highway. I'm fixing to get out of my captivity. I'm fixing to get out of this bondage. Hallelujah. 
So it's time for us. I believe it's time for the church. I believe it's time for you. It's time for me as your pastor. We draw a line of demarcation and we separate ourselves from the things of the past and we move forward to the promise. Oh, there's no promise of guarantees and and no surprises, but the promise is this. God will be with us. Hallelujah. I want, to, I want to remind you in closing the words of Moses to the children of Israel. He said, fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. And then he said, the Lord shall fight for you. And ye shall hold your peace. Notice what it says. It says, and ye shall hold your peace. It doesn't say if you hold your peace. You know what the Lord was saying? I'm going to shut your mouth and the devil's mouth. I'm going to shut your mouth of your complaint and your discontent. And I'm going to shut the mouth of the devil's accusation. The Lord shall fight for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And then he said, verse 30 of that scripture says, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Hallelujah. If we could stand together. Like Israel, we also have a choice. Bondage, captivity, or slavery. You would have think the choice would have been easy, but it wasn't. We would think our choice would be easy, but it's not. We have a choice. Bondage, captivity, and slavery. Or we can choose a highway.